winter is coming. So on this episode of the Concast, we're going to talk about it. massage therapist and sports injury therapist practicing 45 minutes outside of Toronto, Ontario, and Canada. And welcome to the Concast, a podcast where we discuss all things health, wellness, and injuries in an attempt to better understand the human body. Today is episode 44. And on today's episode, I want to discuss the fact that winter's coming, we're getting a change in seasons, it's bringing about for me a lot of different thoughts about how to proceed through the winter. And to be frank, uh, this week in trying to record a episode, I've had a really big creative block. So we're through 44 episodes now since the start of the year on a variety of topics related to health, injuries, wellness. And for whatever reason, in the last few weeks especially, uh, my creativity has been blunted quite a bit. So I'm recording this uh, episode at 5.45 in the morning, somewhat last minute, because this week, for whatever reason, I just haven't found the motivation or creative abilities to be able to come up with a an episode that I feel like I want to discuss. And I think that it's been a tough few weeks for many people, people that I've been seeing in the clinic and colleagues of mine and people that I've been seeing at the college students, they're having a really tough time. Either it's emotionally, creativity, motivation, and I think it is part and parcel with what's going on with everything in the world as well as the change in seasons. And as a result of that, people are feeling a little bit down. And so I, included in this, uh, have just had a really tough time coming up with this week's podcast until yesterday. And I have to give credit to my colleague Aaron, who kind of sparked my thinking around this episode, is we were having a, a discussion for probably 20 minutes to half an hour. And she said something in the context of that discussion that was really, really important to me, and that was about The fact that she works with people in goal setting, mindset, coaching, and reframing your purpose during a time of uncertainty. And this really resonated with me, mainly because much of what we do or what I do is I am in the pursuit of happiness like everybody else. And happiness for me is really driven by purpose. I want and want to create and crave purpose in my life, as do many people. That's one of the things that drives them, either looking for purpose, finding purpose, creating purpose, maintaining the purpose that they have. And for me, much of that is done through goal setting and review. It always has been a part of 
my life that has allowed me to drive creativity, accomplish goals, has helped me push further in my career, push further in personal, professional relationships. And that only further bolsters my creativity. Now, during a time that we're in right now, my goal setting has had to be reframed. And I didn't really realize this yesterday until this conversation in that I was already doing this sort of somewhat subconsciously, but I've had to step back and reframe some of the things that I wanted to do by virtue of the fact that a lot of those things are impossible to do right now based on the state that the the world's in. So in a time like this, it's often difficult to establish and create your long-term goals with so much unknown in maybe your career, your education, your pursuit in athletic endeavors. I've talked to a couple of students in the past couple weeks that were in their scholarship year or in their scholarship year, and they've had to reframe that and understand that they might not go to school next year because schools are holding on to money and they're not giving out as many scholarships. So it is a difficult time for many people. Now, one of the things that really struck me in my conversation with Erin was she reframed all her goals to daily reflections and self-reflections at the end of each day. And the reason that she did this was she found that it allowed her to have wins every day. And I think that was a really, really important piece of information that I gathered from our conversation is first and foremost, if you're always winning, it only leads to more winning. And even if these wins are simple, like brushing your teeth, I've heard other people that have worked in gold setting look at this as well, where I I was recently watching an interview with Matthew McConaughey as well, and he had said he writes as many things down on a list during the course of his day as possible, things like brushing your teeth, exercise, things that he knows he's going to get wins from so he can add more wins to the win column on purpose and make that day more fruitful and accomplish more things. So I think that was a really, really important lesson that I learned as well. Now, I think right now this makes more sense than ever. If you're struggling with things like creativity or motivation, it allows you to reframe things and maintain that positive attitude throughout difficult times. Now for myself, Heading into the winter is always generally tough. I really, really dislike the shorter days. It's it's really the darkness that zaps me of my energy, affects my mood, blunts my creativity. And so in coming out of that conversation with Aaron and having yesterday to self-reflect, I've come up with 10 goals for myself for the winter. And these goals or tips are things that I'm going to do to try and get out of the funk that is typically winter, uh, the shorter days, often the colder days, and this season that often affects me so much, but it is a large portion of the year. It's almost half of the year if you're living in certain parts of Canada. So I hope that these tips resonate with you. I hope that maybe it sparks you to create your own list and find some value in some of the things that I'm going to be talking about. The first thing that I want to do is throughout the winter, focus on regulating my sleep. I think that everything starts with sleep, recovery, mood, creativity, energy. 
And not that I really have a whole lot of trouble with sleeping, but I have noticed that I'm waking up quite a bit earlier than I usually do. Now, general guidelines for improving your sleep hygiene, if you look at sleep research, there are supplements that are used to improve sleep. And anytime that you're using a supplement, you want to be getting advice from somebody that's well-versed in supplements. So certainly don't start supplements out of the blue uh, as a result of listening to this podcast. But the two major supplements that are used in sleep would be melatonin to help you fall asleep. Melatonin is created by our pineal gland in our head, and it helps regulate our sleep-wake cycles. And it's also really good for our immune system. They often will high-dose melatonin in cancer patients as they're going through chemotherapy. And despite what you may have heard, when you're taking melatonin supplements, it does not affect your natural production of melatonin. Typically, People will take melatonin 30 to 45 minutes before bed to put them in that drowsy state and help them fall asleep. Other supplements that are commonly used are magnesium. Magnesium helps keep you asleep. Magnesium also helps support the nervous system. So those are two supplements that you might want to investigate through the help of a well-versed practitioner. Now, other things that you can do to help improve your sleep hygiene, go to bed at the same time every night. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be at an early hour of the day. It doesn't have to be at 9.30, 10 o'clock. It could be later, 11.30, and wake up at the same time every day. And this allows the brain to get into a very predictable cycle of sleep and help improve your sleep quality over time. Try and avoid things like caffeine, sugar, and alcohol about four hours before bedtime. You can also have a protein-rich snack about an hour or two before bed. This will help curve your blood sugar over the course of the evening and prevent you from waking at times from sleep when your blood sugar spikes, which is often a common reason why you're waking up in the middle of the night if you're doing so quite frequently. You want to sleep in a cold, darker room with the absence of electronics when possible. So for me, I don't have any electronics in my room That includes smartphones, which are often used as alarms these days. I typically suggest that people put their smartphone in their bathroom, in their ensuite, or outside their bathroom door. You're going to hear your alarm plenty, and just getting rid of any electronics in the bedroom will help facilitate proper sleep patterns. So that's tip number one. Try and regulate my sleep with the goal of helping with mood regulating my energy, and ultimately helping with my creativity. My second tip is I'm going to spend a lot of the time this winter cooking. Now, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you cook, but you do your equivalent to what cooking is for me. And for me, cooking is stress-relieving, creates an awful lot of happiness, sparks my creativity, and obviously I enjoy the nourishing aspect of making a meal from scratch and then enjoying it. There are times, especially during the winter, where I'll spend the whole day cooking, not even necessarily prepping food for that week, but just trying new recipes, stockpiling preserves, making broths for the winter. And I'm not even cooking necessarily because I need the food. I'm cooking because I enjoy it that much. So recognizing what those things are for you 
it might be painting, it might be writing, it might be producing podcasts, it might be exercise, it might be a winter sport like skiing or snowboarding, it might be spending time with a family member or a loved one. Whatever help fosters that stress relief, happiness, creativity, if you're not doing that right now, you need to either go back to it or do some other version of it. Many people that I've talked to that are coming into the clinic would play community sports like hockey or soccer, volleyball, and that would be their outlet for community. And many people are struggling to find community again because of the current state of the world. So you may have to get creative in how you go about orchestrating this. But the thing is, is if you're feeling this, I can guarantee you that any of the other th- people that were participating in your old community are also feeling the same. And so reaching out to them and helping to foster something that allows everybody to get together in maybe a virtual platform or outdoors can help continue to allow you to do whatever this thing was that was so great for your mood, your stress, your creativity, your happiness. Number three, and probably a more difficult one for me, is embracing, in quotations, the outdoors in the winter. And I have done this through past winters, and I do generally like the outdoors. But for whatever reason, winter is always a little bit tougher for me. So this winter, as in some of my past winters, I want to get outdoors as much as possible. This might be walking, hiking. This year it might be things like outdoor barbecues, outdoor dinners, outdoor wine tastings, outdoor gatherings. I may even take up a winter sport like skiing or snowboarding, something that I haven't done in years, just to try and revisit that, get good at it it again, and that might help fuel some of the motivational aspect that I have in establishing goals and being active and athletic. One of the other things that I've really noticed for me as well that I'm sure many of you have, is the lack of travel. I would often travel eight or ten times a year. Some of it was pleasure and some of it was work. But even when I was able to escape, quote-unquote, for a couple of days to work and teach, it was great to just be in another city where nobody knows you, explore, go out for dinner in a new place. And I really haven't been able to do that this year. So... Over the winter, I'm thinking about establishing just a few days and actually writing them into my calendar where I'm doing day trips locally to explore, maybe within an hour or two away, go to a local community and walk around, check out the sites, check out local hiking spots, just to get that element of travel that so many of us are often missing right now. The other thing that you can do is host smaller outdoor dinner gatherings with a particular travel theme to help spark your love of travel, as well as if you enjoy cooking like myself. This can really bring community together, help improve mood, improve energy, and give you a little bit of taste of that travel that we're all missing so much. Tip number four is exercise. Now for me, exercise has always been an important part of my life. It's more important now than ever, especially going into the winter. For the duration of the winter, I'm going to be creating my own 30-day challenges where every 30 days I 
switch up my exercise routine. So I think for the next 30 days, I'm going to be doing 30 days of yoga. Previous challenges I've done before, 30 minutes minimum of exercise for 30 days, 30 days of stair climbing with a weight vest, 30 days of five kilometer runs. The reason that I do this is it allows for absolutely no excuses. A lot of the times when we set out exercise programs for ourselves, we might suggest I'm going to work out three times a week or four times a week. And Monday, Tuesday will come around and we'll say, oh, well, I've still got three or four days out of the next five to work out. You might skip another one and then the weekend's there. And now all of a sudden you're getting together with family and friends. And in the first week, you've only worked out once when in fact your goal was three times. With 30-day challenges, there are no excuses. You've got to put in the work for 30 days. Set up goals that are realistic for yourselves. I like the one of 30 minutes for 30 days. This doesn't have to be something that's really, really intense like weightlifting every single day. But what you have to do is set aside 30 minutes of structured exercise or routines. If you're saying to yourself, Connor, there's no way that I can do that. I'm way too busy. I guarantee you that you can find 30 minutes in a day. Yes, there are days that are going to be more challenging. I, I'm also very busy, but I will wake up 30 minutes earlier on that day and get in my 30 minutes of exercise. It can be difficult in certain times of the day or month or season, depending upon where you're at, but it will allow you to, again, have those small wins and cross those off of your daily list. Number five is I want to attempt to have a daily meditative practice. As some of you might know, I had a goal this year of meditating for 365 days, and I failed that goal at day 272. I woke up in the middle of the night from a dead sleep, at about 3 a.m. and ironically enough it was in the week leading up to my digital course where I was really really busy and I was working that whole week preparing and I woke up at 3 a.m. from a dead sleep knowing that I had missed my meditation for that day in the hopes that it was before midnight so I could wake up meditate and then go back to bed and unfortunately it wasn't. Now the irony of that was I got really upset I got really angry at myself for missing that. And then maybe after about a day, I realized that that probably isn't the best reaction to a one-year goal of a meditative practice because the goal of meditation is to be mindful, neutral, and not being emotionally charged. So after about a day, I let that disappointment leave and have been okay with it since and I have restarted my journey in an attempt to meditate for one year straight however this time if it doesn't happen I'm not going to beat myself up too much for me a daily meditative practice has helped with stress management it's allowed for adaptation it's allowed for managing your mood through difficult times there are plenty of books, tools, apps on meditation. And if you're looking for some guidance on meditation resources, feel free to reach out to me privately and I'm happy to provide you resources that I'm aware of. But there are 
plenty. Some people enjoy doing guided meditation. Some people enjoy sitting in silence. Some people enjoy short or long meditations. And I can guarantee you that if you've never meditated before and you start, you will have some difficulty in practice. The number one thing that I hear from people that don't have a meditation practice when I suggest they have one is I'm not going to be good at it. Well, the reality of it is, is I'm not good at it and nobody's really good at it. And that is the point of meditation, understanding that you're never going to be perfect at it. You're never going to be good at it. There are times where you're going to be sitting and thoughts are going to be racing, but that is the purpose of meditation, sitting with those thoughts and allowing yourself to be neutral with them, manage them, observe them, and get carryover into other aspects of daily activities. So a really, really important one. Tip number five for me over the course of this winter. Tip number six is one that I do not practice regularly, self-admittedly. I've attempted it before, and it is one that's really, really difficult. And I do know friends and colleagues that practice this on a regular basis. And that is either a gratitude list, a gratitude journal, indirect gratitude, or positive self-reinforcement. And there's actually quite a bit of science to back the process around gratitude lists or positive reinforcement. I think when you look at surface value, it seems almost gimmicky, practicing positivity or writing down gratitude lists. The kickback that I get from a lot of people that I might suggest it to is it's more of a gimmick than anything else. But the reality of it is, is it's, that's just not true. There's many people that have looked at the brain's negative bias and the brain will automatically default itself towards the negative 99 times out of 100. If you want one book that's very simple, easy to read, that looks at this and many other aspects of cognition, it's a book by PhD uh, Rick Hansen called Just One Thing, Developing a Buddha Brain. And he will talk about the negative bias that the brain has. For example, one of the things that he discusses is, would you say the things that your brain says to you over the course of the day to other people? So if you think about negative self-talk and those messages that go through your head, would you say those to other people? And the majority of people would immediately answer no, because our brain oftentimes will say things that are so negative and so mean towards ourselves. And the thought process behind gratitude lists and lists of positivity is it starts to rewire negative bias over time. And it really is an exercise, like anything, like squats, deadlifts, running, and improving in those things. Gratitude lists and positive self-reinforcement help the brain move away from negative bias. And this is not going to change overnight, but it will often take weeks to months of doing this before you then catch yourself. And it probably won't be this huge thing like all of a sudden I am feeling so much better, but you'll catch yourself and you'll say, look, for the last few weeks, it seems like I've been more self-resilient. I haven't had as much negative self-talk. And I think for me, this is one of the things that I really want to focus on over the winter because it's something that I have tried so many times and moved away from. 
because of the fact that self-admittedly I also think it's a little bit gimmicky despite a lot of the research that's out there. And so this winter I really do want to give this a really focused daily practice to see whether or not I can get some long-term improvement in things like negative self-talk, negative brain bias, because everybody goes through that. And regardless of what you're seeing on social media, Instagram, how people are displaying their life, understand that everybody's brain has negative bias. Typically, most people's brains are more trending towards negative bias, but there are things that we can do to help facilitate the negative bias that the brain has. Now, number seven is a bit of a weird one. I'm just going to put up my Christmas tree on November 1st. And I don't really know what it is, but the past two or three years, and I've never really been a huge Christmas person, but the past two or three years when I've decorated my house and put my Christmas tree up, it's improved my mood through the winter. And I don't know whether it's having the lights on in the evening, having the Christmas tree up is calming or reminding me of my childhood, but it puts me in a substantially better mood. And so if there's something like that for you, decorating your house for Halloween, decorating your house for Christmas, doing something that is considered to be a little bit too early at times, but it puts you in a good mood, then why not? So probably November 1st or soon after my Christmas tree is going up, it's going to be great. It's going to keep me in a better mood throughout the winter. So if you want to put your Christmas tree up, I might be starting some household arguments right now, but if you want to put your Christmas tree up on November 1st, go ahead and just have the person listen to my podcast, and hopefully it won't create too much of an argument within the household. My eighth tip or goal for over the winter is I want to try and disconnect from technology as much as possible. And this is really, really difficult for me, as much of what I do is connected to technology, obviously with the podcast, teaching, writing. My courses have all moved to digital right now. But I want to try and take those days to decompress from technology. I know other people have done social media. I know other people that have taken a hiatus from social media and found it really, really valuable. Social media and technology can be so absorptive. It can create so much need for comparison amongst other people through social media. Again, it feeds that negative brain bias. It will often blunt our own creativity because it will cause us to question ourselves because of what other people are doing and so I think the first thing that I'm going to be doing is putting a cap on my social media that I do daily you can put reminders in some of the social media apps that you use and this will remind you when you've met your cap for the day and this will allow me to be able to maintain work life balance but not be wasting time excessively on social media and this will force me as well to do things like explore the outdoors cook exercise. I think that disconnecting from technology will vary amongst everybody depending upon how much they rely on it and need it for their activities of daily living. But I think that we could all use a little bit less technology in our lives. So that's number eight, disconnect from technology. Number nine is somewhat piggybacking off of the gratitude journal and positivity is I want to try and do little things for people. And this is coming out of the recognition that many people are going through a lot right now. Many people are having a difficult time. So I think that when we show support for the people that are around us, support for our community, it just helps everybody in general. It helps 
you as the person providing the support. It makes you feel good. It makes other people feel good. And often it has this trickle-down effect where the person that the kind deed was done for will then pass that along to somebody else. So whether that's making a purposeful list of nice things to do, small things to do for people, whether it be buy them a gift, help them out, show them support, give them a call. When was it the last time that you talked to a friend that you haven't talked to in a really, really long time? When was the last time that you asked somebody that's lost a loved one how they're doing? Just reaching out to those people and doing small little things, I think helps facilitate just positivity around people and community that are going through difficult times. It helps move the brain away from negative bias. And it's just nice to do nice things. So number nine is do little things for people over the course of the winter. It doesn't have to be big, but I guarantee you those people will appreciate that when you reach out to them. The last and certainly not the least tip for over the winter is see the things that are in front of me immediately. And this is really difficult for me because I am typically a long-term goal setter and a lot of my long-term goals have had to change direction, especially in the immediate next couple of years. So I'm going to take Aaron's advice. I'm going to set up short-term daily goals. I want to create those lists and create as many wins as I can throughout the course of the day. Check in with smaller projects that I have on the go from a career standpoint. And just focus on what's in front of me and ultimately trust that by focusing on what's in front of me now and looking at these short-term goals, it will get me to those longer-term goals. It might take a little bit longer to get there. Something may develop where I'm granted other opportunities from these short-term goals that allow me to ultimately accomplish the goals that I had in mind in the first place but just trusting the process, seeing what's in front of me will help curb things like negative bias, anxiety from not accomplishing these goals. Many, many people get anxious in looking far into the future and just trying to stay mindful and in the present will hopefully allow me to stay focused over the winter, help in dealing with this difficult season for me, and ultimately getting me back into the nice weather sooner than later. So with that, those are my 10 tips or my 10 goals or my 10 philosophies, whatever you'd like to call them, for getting through this difficult winter. I hope that you have seen some value in my tips. What I would like to know from you in the comments is add your tips to the comments open up discussion in the comments. What are you going to do to help get through the winter or get through this next six months? I guarantee you that it's only going to help spark conversation with other people, give people ideas. There are going to be so many more ideas that people have outside of my 10 that I would love to hear. So open up the comments, send me direct messages. What is it that you're going to be doing to help you get through the winter months? So that's it for today's episode, folks. As always, I hope that you found this to be value to you. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you in the next one.